everybody working now. And it is a good special weekend. In fact, this week, by means of appropriate observances, the American people will seek to pay tribute to those who have given their last measure of devotion that there might be established and maintained here a free and united nation. So let us today take a journey through history and call the roll of the events and places and sacrifices to bring us to this very moment in time. <laughs> American Revolution, U.S. military casualties was 4,435, approximate, best guess that they could come up with. War of 1812, there was 2,260. In the Indian Wars, approximately 1,000 U.S. soldiers. The Mexican War, 13,283. The Civil War, 364,511 Union soldiers, 133,821 Confederate soldiers, bringing a total of 498,332. Spanish-American War, there was 2,446. World War I, there was 116,516. World War II, there was 405,399. Korean War, there was 54,246. Vietnam War, there was 58,220. Desert Shield and Desert Storm, there was 1,948. Operation Iraqi Freedom, there was 4,418. Operation New Dawn, there was 74. Operation Enduring Freedom, there was 2,353. In Operation Inherit Resolve, there was 107. In Operation Freedom Centennial, there was another 107, bringing to total today 1,197,000 see our great flag flying whenever and wherever we hear people sing, pledging allegiance to the republic for which it stands. Wherever we see smoke pouring out of the stacks from our meals or the waving fields of grain or the office lights burning and whenever we hear the bugle blow its final taps for either soldier or civilian protecting us at home who has given his or her best to promote and preserve the American dream. There we will know that America is safe, and that people have not forgotten the things for which they have fought, bled, and died. Let's have a moment of silent prayer, and I'll close that prayer. Lord, we thank you for the good example of those who, who have fought in defense of liberty and the right, and who now rest their labors. Hasten the day when war will be no longer, and all battle all battle flags remain furled forever. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So now we'll go from there. Okay, it's great to be here with you today. It's great to be filling in, and I'm looking forward to this wonderful day. You saw on your bulletin there was a question I wanted you to ask yourself. Do you wish for another chance?
Exodus chapter 3, begin with verse 1, is our scripture for today. And you'll be, you'll be familiar with it as soon as I start reading it because this is about Moses when he was at the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father, father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flaming flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, do not draw near this place. Take off the sandals, take the sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Havites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression by which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Bless us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. At one time, I took up the task of trying to learn golf. I was never good at golf. The only reason, we, we use it as an outreach tool through the church that I was pastoring. And so we were trying to appeal to some of the younger generation. So we use softball and we use golf. Now, the only reason they let the pastor come, I was the comic relief. <laughs> it, it just did not, I got stories I could tell you, and I, it would take me all day to tell you some of these stories. But it worked because people were interested in seeing what kind of idiot, what kind of fool, what kind of hijinks is going to happen today through Kurt on this golf course. And when we were playing, and some of these, you won't find this in the PGA tournament, but we always played with a mulligan. Now, do you know what a mulligan is? 
You know, if you if there's there time, and with me, I'll get to that. When you you hit that ball and you want it to go yonder way, and you're looking, and they say, "No, look over there." There it goes yonder. Well, then you can say, "Okay, I want to use my mulligan. I get to do over." One more time, try again, another chance to hit the ball. Now, in 18 holes, I really needed 18 mulligans, but they only would give us one. But I would do my best, get the do-over. Do you wish you could get a do-over, get another chance? Maybe even go back and start all over again to, to be able to, to, to do it different? I think you do. I do. There's times when I think, well, I would like to go back to when I graduated high school. I would like, instead of doing what I did, I would like to have made the choice and gone to college first and then maybe the service. And then I even thought, you know, every time I go back, I go back further. Well, no, actually, I wish I could go back to when I started high school and say, hey, look at the books. Get your nose in the books and learn and get good grades, a lot better grades than you made. And, and a lot of so over and over we see, I wish I could have done something different. Now, if I could go back, I would make a different choice. I would do something different. I think we all have done that. I think we have. When we have failed at work or thought or deed or we hear from the lips or the cry from the heart, give me another chance. Let me do it again. I don't know how often I've heard the sentiments, I've really blown it. I've really done bad. I've messed up this time really bad. If only I could begin all over again. Such a situation can happen by, you know, in so many ways. Maybe there's a, a, a family argument uh, or something, and you said the wrong word. You know you said the wrong word. I wish I could go back and not say it. I shouldn't have done it. Now we've got a family squabble. Or maybe it's a break in a relationship with someone that you love or a loss of a job, a failure in a job, a break in a marriage, uh, or just a general sense of dissatisfaction with the way things are going. I think we all know what I mean when I say, I would like to get another chance. How about you? Do you feel you need another chance? How about another chance today? Today's a good day for an opportunity. Pay careful attention to, to the scriptures and, and uh, as we go through the, the truth of Holy Scripture, if you understand anything about the Bible, it's full of the opportunities of people getting another chance. Go through. The Bible is full of people with, with problems, with uh, failures. Uh, go all the way back to Adam and Eve, and you, you come through, and you got Noah, and you just keep on going and keep on going, and you get to David, and you know, so many, there are so many choices that you could take and say, you know, look at what the person did, with what did, but yet God gave another opportunity all the way through the New Testament. The disciples, Peter, even old Paul, we see it over and over and over. And we see that God's nature is to give us another chance. That's within his nature. Over and over we see this through. From Genesis through Revelation, we see individuals who were given that, that ex exalting opportunity for another chance. And there are so many we could choose from, but I chose Moses and the burning bush. 
Here we see something, a perfect example of giving you another chance. And so what I want to do today is look at three things. Where it happened, when it happened, and why it happened. Now see how simple that is. Where, when, and why. Where did it happen? It was in the most unexpected place, on the side of a mountain, in a desert. Moses encountered God. Right where Moses was working. Think about that. It was a barren stretch of land whose very appearance would suggest it was void of anything. There was no one out there but Moses, or he thought. But then something happened. Surely we've been in such places spiritually. Haven't you been in an area in a time that seemed so spiritually arid and dry and seemed like you were all alone, nobody there? Life takes a turn like that sometimes. And it's in those spiritually arid, desolate places is when God shows up. Just when you least expect it, at the least known place, expected place, God shows up and guess what? He's there. We confront him. Where are we at today? Moses was watching a flock of sheep. Very familiar job. A very familiar scene. Ordinary activity, and then suddenly God made that activity a holy place. When it seems like there's nothing left for us to do but to keep on keeping on, go on, keep just keep doing the same old, same old, ply our trade, earn a day's wage, or just to survive another day. And then God shows up. Everything changes. Do you hear? Everything changes. The place to get another chance can be here or there. It can be anywhere. It can be in a, by a burning bush. It can be in your home. Be in your car. Be on the job. Anywhere that you are, God can show up. Even at church today, God can give you another chance. Right here today. God can interact with your life. So where can that happen? It can happen anywhere. Anywhere. When did it happen? Well, kind of think of the history of Moses for a moment. You remember Moses was born in a time that the Hebrew children were enslaved by Egypt and the taskmasters. And they were and the Egyptians saw that the multitude of Hebrews were, were growing and growing and growing and getting more and more and more. And Pharaoh says, you know what? If our enemies from the north come through the land of Goshen, this multitude of Hebrews may side with them against us. And so let's kind of cut their numbers down a little bit. And he told all the midwives, when children are born, if it's a girl, let it be. But if it's a boy, kill it. Moses was born, and you know the story. He was hid in the little bulrushes in a little basket. And the prince, uh, the daughter of the Pharaoh, found Moses. And Moses was raised as an Egyptian. Everything going fine. Until one day he sees something. He sees a, an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. And anger boils up within him, and he kills the Egyptian. Now he's afraid, what do I do? So he hid the body 
in the sand. And I guess buried it down in the sand. Everything was okay. He got by that. Nobody saw it. And probably a day or two later, he, there's two Hebrews fussing and fighting. And y'all shouldn't be arguing and fussing. And one of them said, well, what are you going to do to us? You're going to kill us like you did the Egyptians? And Moses was terrified because he said he found out. And he ran and he fled. Went. He gave up on himself. You know, that's a problem many of us, we're not, we, we face, we're not willing to give ourselves another chance. And so sometimes we, we, we just give up on ourselves. And, and that's what happened with Moses. And that's a problem that, that we, we see, but scripture reveals to us that we are a being of infinite worth, of inexhaustible potential that we can serve and use in the scheme of things. The gospel is another opportunity that gives you an inescapable truth that we have another chance. God never gives up on us. We may give up on ourselves, but God will not give up. Another problem that we confront is often we're not willing to give another person another chance. They may have wronged us, or they may have done something, and, and we will hold that against them. Why? Wow, you got to understand what, what he did. That person's no good. That person's from the wrong family. That person made a bad choice, and he's stuck with it from now on. Most people would assume Moses' faith was set. He had sinned, he had murdered, he had sinned against God, and he was just going to have to live his life as a sinful fugitive. But see where other people wouldn't have given him a chance, God did. Regardless of his potential, regardless of his promised future, the, that one unfortunate moment was going to dominate the rest of his life, according to other people. Don't you miss the... Do you see the importance here? See what's at stake? We stand before a critical insight into the very nature of God. The possibility of a new beginning. The possibility of another chance. A possibility of a fresh start. God never gives up on a person. You or I. Regardless of what we've done, God's willing to forgive. God's willing to give us the one thing that we really would wish for, another chance. Give me another chance. The Lord says, okay. You catch the drift of that? Failure, even outright sin, does not destroy your chance. One bad moment, one terrible decision, our mistakes do not set for us and allow it to seal our fate. We get the opportunity, according to Scripture, no matter what we've done, regardless of what you're running from, despite how miserably you have failed, God is there. At the desert, in the desert, where he worked, after he had failed so miserably, Moses was intercepted by God through a burning bush and invited take another chance. Wow. Where and when? 
God give that opportunity? Why does God give the opportunity, as you see through the scripture, the opportunity to begin all over again? Why does he take people like David who, who committed adultery and then had the woman's husband murdered so that he could keep the woman? And you go on and on. Adam, the very first man and, and woman sinned. Why does God want to give us another chance? Well, I think there was a two, there was a reason, the why, but I think there was twofold reason. One was a revelation. The beginning of the book of Hebrews says that in past times, God in various ways and various times kind of revealed himself. And then ultimately he revealed himself through Jesus Christ. Remember, as we was reading the scripture a while ago, what did you keep hearing? Twice. God was the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. The God of your fathers. But he wants more than that. He wants us. He wants a personal relationship with each one of us. He doesn't want to be the God of your parents. He doesn't want to be the God of your grandparents. He doesn't want to be just the God of your forefathers. He wants to be hear from you the same exclamation that he heard from, from Thomas. My Lord and my God. That's the relationship he's looking for. Moses asked his identity. What was the answer? I am who I am. Depends on the version. I think King James says, I am that I am. And I don't know what other version that you have reading from the New King James. I am who I am. You know what he was saying? There's no other God. There's no rival deity. I am the one, the eternal I am. And he desires a relationship, personal relationship with each one that we will know him and who he is, the great I am. And that brings us to the second reason. One was a revelation. The other one was a reservation. God had something he wanted Moses to do. Moses was at the burning bush. God had a task for him. Big task, super big task. But he had a, 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 a thing, a job that he wanted him to do as his servant. And so he was making a reservation as well as a revelation. God has something for every one of us. You know, I don't care if we're 15 years old or if we're 95 years old. If you've got bread, God's not through with you. God's got something for every one of us to do. Now, I admit at 74, I can't do what I used to could do. I can't work like I used to could work. I helped my son yesterday move a few things into his new house wore me out just half a day I could work in the, in the past I could work all day long go to bed, get up the next morning, raring to go now I suffer I'm still stiff after only a few hours but see I'm alive I've got breath and as long as I've got breath God's got something for me to do if you're alive and breathing apparently you are, you're here God's got something he wants you to do. He's got a, a spot for you, and he's got a, a reservation made for you, and this is what I want you to do. I'll give you another chance. 
that's what so wonderful about it. He gives us that other chance. A chance to, to make a relationship with him. A chance to serve him in some way. Sure, you know by now that serving God is the essence of life. It's the essence of living. Just as Moses, as he wanted Moses in a place of service in relation to his purpose, he also wants us in a relationship with him in relation to his kingdom. This brings us back. Back to the very, very beginning. The gospel of another chance. The gospel of another chance. It's more than an ideal. A method that works. A means of transforming life. Think about it. Think back what you were like before God transformed you. Think about the old person that you were. I do sometimes, and I think back, man, I wish I could go back and slap myself. Tell myself, done. But then I look at that one, one moment in September 1970. I'm sitting there at the end of a service. And Sam Bean got through preaching, got everybody to stand for an invitation, and he reached down and picked up that old red hymn book, and we opened it up to sing that hymn of invitation, and there was not a word on the page. Because I couldn't see through the tears, my eyes was watering. And I realized at that moment that I was lost. Lord, I need before I could get down the aisle, it had already happened. See, that's what's great about him. I remember what it was like. See, before, between the time that what Moses was and what Moses would become, there was a burning bush experience. And between what I was or what you were and what you are, there was an experience where you enter, where God intervened in your life. You see, he's the God of second chances. And if I said earlier at the beginning, you know, one mulligan is not enough for me and God. Well, God doesn't give us just one mulligan. If you live 75 years, you got 75 mulligans. He gives you an opportunity, constantly, over and over. And when we get a good glimpse of the divine promise of another chance, remember, it can happen anywhere, anytime, to anybody. It can happen here even today. You want another chance to start afresh? Today's a good day to do it. Right here. God has the ability to transform any place into holy ground. How about you? Would you like another chance? As we sing and prepare to sing our hymn of invitation, I want you to ask yourself that question. Do you wish for another chance? A chance to start over? A chance to do something different? A chance to meet God today, right now? Maybe if you've never had a personal relationship with him, he wants to reveal himself to you and get a personal relationship with him. Or maybe it's a, a chance to just, you know, Lord, I, I failed. I failed you. I failed myself. I failed my family. I, I, I failed everyone. But Lord, I'd like another chance.
new commitment of, of, of reconfirming your, your relationship with him. He is the God of a second chance. Now, he's the God of second chance, third chance, fourth chance. There, he had, he, there's no number to his chances he offers us. So he's offering a chance this morning to you. Will you take it? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house today. And I know it's a special weekend in memorial of, of the, uh, those who have given their all and their, to uh, bring forth the freedoms and, and all that we have. And Father, we just ask that uh, uh, as we pay homage to them this weekend that we remember everything we have here in the nation is because of the sacrifices of those. Everything that we enjoy even today are by the sacrifices of those uh, civilian leaders of, of police and firemen and uh, first responders and so many others and some of them have given their lives in, in protection of us and so Father we do this in remembrance of them but also Father in remembrance of you that you are the God of second chances for us and as, just as Moses received his second chance David received his uh, so on through the Bible we see so many examples of the very nature that you give that you Give that wonderful opportunity to get a, another chance. And so, Father, give us another chance today, and may we take it. As we sing this hymn of invitation, may we respond as your spirit is leading us. And it's in Jesus' name we ask.